Oh, you know what I didn't bring around? What's that? The list of the fucking Oscar nominees. I've got them All written right. down so cool. I can... Because I printed it out. Paper? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome. Here we are. The Nakatomi Ballroom for episode 16. Coming at ya. This this shit's getting serious now. I know. know, We're in the double digits like six times. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently numbers are your tool just as much as as words are. Okay. Well, do you count ten? Ten, nine? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was right. Fuck you. So, this will be the seventh time we're in double digits. Uh, yeah, at the end of this, we're oh, the now time. yeah, yeah, jeez, you know, fuck right. you, yeah, yeah, fuck you. So here we are, couple of weeks podcast. <laughs> this would be the seventh time that uh, we we're in the double digits. That yes. joke wasn't even funny in the first instance. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So uh, flogging a dead horse—that's <laughs> that sound. That's what. Fun. That's what we do. <laughs> All right. So yeah, here we are, and uh, in the hottest fuck Nakatomi ballroom, the uh, the Nakatomi sweat box. Yeah. Yes, the, the joys of fucking Canberra summer in the unair-conditioned end of the house. Yeah, which which was a good segue into the proud sponsors of today's fod- podcast, which is not Fujitsu fucking air-conditioning. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you're listening... If you're listening, if you're listening we're listening to <laughs> We will plug the shit out of your air-conditioners. Yes. Um, after we plug them in, obviously. Yes. Moving yeah, right along. Fair bit to talk about. Yeah, I've got, I've got news up the wazoo <laughs> up to the make whistle? up for last night, last last week. Last week, oh, yeah. We don't, we don't talk about last night. No, yeah. well, not in polite company. No. Yeah, and we've got obviously got a Golden Globes breakdown and, and talk about the Oscars. Oscars so. And two whopping movie reviews. Two, two ginormous, monster, monster-sized yep. prick reviews. Prick reviews. I'm making myself super comfortable. The shoes are coming off. This is a serious episode, yeah. isn't it? She's coming off up in this bitch. So, would you like to kick us off with news? I would. that I actually found out about five minutes after you left from recording episode 15. Yep. <laughs> News that will excite you. I'm really sorry about that stain on the <laughs> chair. That's not what you're talking about. That's right, not, no, 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 sorry, okay. Ooh, we can cut that out, though. The sequel to The Raid has started filming. Okay, the only reason I didn't exclaim is I was taking a big drink. That's so, so you want to try again? Yeah. The Raid 2 has started filming. Squeal like a little schoolgirl. Yes. Holy shit balls. The same players are come back. Yep. The same director. It's they're just promising more. They're just promising more. Is is it gonna be a bigger building? Are they they're gonna do two buildings. That'd be awesome. That's the shit. They're gonna do two buildings, they're gonna leak between the oh, parkour style. Oh I'm very excited. Yeah. Very, um, very excited. There apparently will be more emotional 
as usual, explore the lead character. His, I don't care. I just want yeah. I just want motherfuckers kicking the shit out of each other. Hopefully, only five minutes more than they did last time. Yeah, like the five minutes you missed coming in late, (laughs) (laughs) which was spectacular. Um, which I've since watched and yes. I do realise I missed nothing. Yeah. Like, it's spectacular. But, oh, yeah. Fuck. That's... I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm very excited by that news. That's awesome. I got a little interesting little tidbit here. Rome Sweet Rome. Have you heard anything about this? Not a thing. This uh, Rome Sweet Rome is the story about a gaggle of US Marines who find themselves transported back in time and pitted against the might of Rome. And it started out originally as a question on Reddit... Could I destroy the entire Roman Empire during the reign of Augustus if I travelled back in time with a modern US Marine Infantry Battalion or MEU? This question has apparently sparked James Irwin's story, Irwin, E-R-W-I-N, if you want to go look it up, and has just garnered a shitload of attention. So much attention that it has caught the eye of Warner Brothers and they have snapped, the studio snapped up the story idea. And they've announced, this is Warner Brothers, has announced via... Variety that Apollo 18 screenwriter Brian Miller, will try not to hold Apollo 18 against him, has been hired to rework Irwin's original screenplay, which uh, which suggests that this is actually going to become a thing. Wow. According that's to a, That's an in- a really interesting concept. Well, according to Variety, the Marines have been swapped out with US Special Forces and the studio is tagging it 300 meets Black Hawk Down. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we had this original, original great idea. Yeah. The... Marines have been swapped out with special forces. Yep. The the Romans have been swapped out with dinosaurs. <laughs> and instead of going back in time, the dinosaurs have come forward. But besides that, same total story. Movie magic right there. That is a really interesting concept. It'll be interesting to see what they what they do with it. Well, and I was I was trying to think about is it is it the Philadelphia experiment, which is the one where the battleship accident that goes back in time and has the option to... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's the Philadelphia Experiment. So it's kind of that, and, and a, an author, it's either John Birmingham or James Patterson have written a, a, a novel about this very thing, mm. about the concept of, of modern day stuff going back in time. Yeah. Look, it's, I mean, it's not it's not going to be Citizen Kane, but it could be, be interesting, you know. I mean, the, I guess the biggest thing is, yes, if you've got enough bullets... <laughs> well, this is true. This is absolutely true. I mean, I'd rather see a battalion to go back, but then the, the, the logistically, yeah. you're going to have a shitload of you know. I mean, they only had like 15 Spartans in 300, and mm. they just CGI the rest of the motherfuckers. Yeah. But uh, what I probably like most about this is that it started out as just this thing on Reddit. Yeah, just it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and as next off, yeah, so that's I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. Guillermo del Toro, Benicio's brother. Benicio's brother, both good friends of the show has officially turned down Star Wars 7. Oh. Officially turned it down. Officially turned it down. Okay. So that him and Zack Snyder now have both come out and said that yes. officially... Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You, don't, you mean, don't think Benicio's style... Guillermo's style... <laughs> Oh, that's and that's six unfortunate. minutes in, that's, folks. Six minutes. That's in. unfortunate that that I, I feel I feel responsible for that. I feel I've led you down. As, that as, path. as you should. <laughs> you don't think his style would suit it? No. Or you think stop fucking around, make Hellboy three? But it, yes, option B. <laughs> Simply because yeah, no, Guillermo is is an interest is. A, I mean, we're, we're very big fans of his work. I think he. I think Star Wars still needs to be slightly 
clean. I think it needs to be sanitized. Like I got on my high horse ages and ages and ages and ages and ages ago about how awesome a Quentin Tarantino style Star Wars would be. Mm. No, it wouldn't. Like it would. He wouldn't be. He would not be able to do anything he did to it. Would be such a departure from the Star Wars mm. concept. I mean, it could certainly what, could good be directing, perhaps, and, yeah. and now, fleshed out story. Now that's what he could bring. <laughs> And like, you know, special friend of the show, Kevin Smith, says, if you want me to film two guys sitting in the cantina talking about blowing up the Death Star, I'll direct the shit out of that yeah. movie. I think it takes a certain type of director. I don't think Guillermo has the, the, the same sort of vision that, that would be required. Mm. But, I mean, it, uh, ha- having said that, if it had officially come out that the Guillermo's... It would know, have been fucking yeah, fanboy squealing that'd like be great, a motherfucker. That'd be great news. But I... So many guys have come out and said it would be, it's pretty much career death if you fuck this. Mm. So, and a lot of people just don't want to touch it. So. Yeah, just in case they can't. Yeah, but an interesting point has been made, I believe, in, in this podcast and, and times before, where it's a simple case of the fact that people, fanboys, are now fan men who are now have the means, who grew up watching these movies and, and, movies and reading comic books and whatnot, now are in the position... They've tailored their career so mm. they get the opportunity to do it. Joss yeah. Whedon, for example, John J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams yeah. is another a great example. So these fans are now in charge. So you, I mean, uh, I don't know. I still think it would be, I agree, it would probably be the kiss of death. If you fuck it, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. I mean, George Lucas didn't survive one, two, and three. No. He didn't survive it. I mean, his, his reputation as a filmmaker is pretty much... And let's be honest, it wasn't that great to begin with. No, I mean, American Graffiti aside, hmm. um, he's done, he really, I mean, Star Wars was okay, but as yeah. in A New Hope yes. was okay. Um, but the other two movies... Uh, I yeah. mean, as, as a consultant on the world, absolutely. great. Yeah. As a world builder, no problems. But as a writer-director, yeah. no. no. Screenplays were just terrible and stuff. But anyway, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd like them to just hurry up and do it. Yeah. up and say who's going to direct it who's going to be starring in it what's it going to be about I think it needs to be someone like Brad Bird yeah 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 or John, that, La- John Lasseter yeah yeah. one one of the great Pixar guys yeah yeah because they've got the because Pixar if there's one thing about Pixar it's story 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 above all else yeah, yeah. and they'll do it I, mm. yeah actually that, Brad Bird's not a bad bad call <clears throat> special friend of the show Joe Gordon-Levitt JGL mm-hmm. yep. his friends has joined Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez uh, in the long-developing Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Oh. And he's going to be an all-new character who's not seen in the comics, named Johnny, who was originally written for Johnny Depp. Rodriguez has been shooting... Now, no word as to why Johnny Depp's dropped out. Rodriguez has been shooting A Dame to Kill For piecemeal since last November. And... There's three more actors have apparently... Um, the playlist has word of three more actors joining. Sources confirming that Ray Liotta, mm-hmm. Jeremy Piven, and I don't know why she suddenly gets this moniker, The Dark Knight Rises' Juno Temple. She was in it for like three seconds. Which, oh, was she Selena's friend? Yeah. Like, suddenly that's... I mean, anyway. I guess when you've got nothing else... That's, yeah, you got to cling to whatever. They've all signed on, and Jessica Alba, Jamie King, Rosario Dawson, of course Mickey Rourke are coming back. Obviously JGL, Christopher Maloney, those of you who watch, uh, is it, it's SVU, I think it is, yeah. Special Victims, Law and Order SVU. One of, one of the Law and Orders, there's yeah. like 17 of them. So. Yeah. I, I know him best from Oz, 
Mm -hmm. He was the, the psychotic, uh, he was Beach's lover. Josh Brolin, Dennis Haysbert, who's obviously probably going to take up the Michael Clark Duncan role, mm -hmm. and Jamie Chung. So yeah, I, I, I had some of that. I had Ray Liotta and Jeremy Piven. Yep. The reason I had Josh Brolin is he's being cast as Dwight replacing Clive Owen. Is is what I had. Right. Okay. Right, you've got you've got more updated stuff than that. Yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of those others. I thought Brolin would be too old for that. Well, when he walked out in the Golden Globes mm. to present. I said, oh, look, young Tommy Lee Jones. And my wife went, I thought he looked familiar. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's, I, I don't know, I, I don't see him as Dwight. No. But then Clive Owen's a bit podgy-faced as well, and so be it. So any, any reason why Clive Owen's not coming back? I have no idea. Good, right. good movie, though, mm. like Sin City. Oh, Sin City is a, it's, it's, on the, it's definitely on the list. A comic book movie yeah. that I've... It's a comic that I have meant to read. I've got it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Why the Last Man? Yeah, I got this one. Yeah, uh, New Line is making a movie directed by Dan Trachtenberg, mm -hmm. who, if my notes here are actually correct, hasn't directed a feature before, but has done a lot of quite successful and well-regarded shorts uh, and a lot of commercials, mm. like a big commercial uh, director. Yeah, I've I've actually read this comic series I'm a big fan of it I didn't mean to jump all over you there but no. it's um, originally DJ Carouso and Shia LaBeouf were set to direct and star respectively but that's fallen through and I guess for those of you out there who don't know about Why the Last Man it's a story of a young man and his monkey traversing America when he after some great calamity where there's no one uh, he's the last man alive there's plenty of women left but he's the last man which doesn't turn out for him as everyone would expect. <laughs> Apparently, women don't turn into sex stars. Sex stars served like nymphs. No, really? I know they, they don't have an over overpowering urge to repopulate. I know Th there's no biological imperative there. Apparently not. What the fuck? I know. So all those, you know, if you weren't the la you were the last man on earth. Apparently, that could be true. If wow. you were the last man on earth, I still wouldn't fuck you. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, yeah. Monkey gets a lot of action. Though. <laughs> Monkey, yeah. Monkey, yeah. It's a pretty good show. Pretty good read, actually. It's yep. fairly compelling. I've got a very quick one, a, a, a story to make my wife happy. At any price, a film starring Dennis Quaid and Zac Efron. That's it, but I know my wife just weed her pants a little bit. Because of she, Zac Efron or she likes both Quaid? Yeah. They, they yeah. represent the alpha and the omega of the man, the man she likes. So, <laughs> so which one are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> exactly where do you fit in that? Can we just go on to the next news story? <laughs> ABC Network's S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Yes. Uh, the Avengers S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Is, to, is confirmed as being post-Avengers. Yep. However, Agent Coulson will be featured in the pilot. Yes. So I don't know how that's totally going to work, but I don't care. I'm watching the motherfucker. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. A, yeah. No, no chance I'm not. Well, the fan, the rumour mill, the fan rumour mill is that it was a life model a android or something that was used in, you know, that they, the Avengers have used plenty of times before and whatnot. Mm. And the other thing is that we never actually saw Coulson die properly on mm. screen. He may have just passed out. So, I mean, it doesn't, uh, it wouldn't bother me if they weren't actually, he wasn't dead at all and he mm. just played dead to give the Avengers the impetus yeah. to get together. I could live with that. Yeah. Or I can also live with the fact that he's deader than dead. 
But yeah, they don't. What they don't do is bring back him and say, "Oh, it was an android or something." Along yeah. Those lines. As long as they don't make it cheap. Yeah. As long as they don't cheap out on it. Jack Reacher. Basically, unless the Asian market blows this film up even more, Jack Reacher is not getting a sequel. The film has grossed over 150 million worldwide on its 60 million budget, so it's it's made some serious mm. serious money, and it's yet to debut in the Asian market, which is China, Japan, and Korea. But Paramount is apparently saying that unless it crosses the 250 million mark, they won't consider doing another sequel. Or they won't consider doing another Jack Reacher movie. And then the question that logically follows from that, if it does hit big, presumably Tom's salary will go up, mm. and that may price him out of the sequel because Paramount want to try and make a sequel if they do for yeah. about the same budget. So interesting. Well, surely, if there's, I mean, whatever his back end's going to be on it. Surely in a tw- in a sixty million dollar budgeted film, surely fifteen to twenty that's yeah. got to be Tom. It's nearly made, but it's nearly made three times its budget back. Yeah, what, what, when does that stop being exactly. a success? Yeah, two hundred and fifty, and it's a, it's got to basically it's got to make a hundred million dollars in the Asia market. Now Tom is massive in Japan. He's huge because well, because the Japanese are quite short. Exactly, and so he's uh, he's like Godzilla over there. <laughs> mindlessly crashing down buildings <laughs> as he goes with his massive nose you know and, and, and crazy science fiction <laughs> beliefs but 250 million you, this is a movie made for 60 million dollars but it has to make 250 million before we consider a sequel yeah I don't that seems it does seem odd I don't get it we'll talk about the nominations and stuff and the awards a yeah. bit later on a bit of Oscars show yep. stuff that's come out the Oscars is set to have a four-minute tribute to James Bond, celebrating the 50th anniversary of it. Four minutes? I don't know, like a film piece or whatever. Hopefully. Hopefully it's not an interpretive fucking dance. Featuring, yeah. although what I'm about to say could change that, because if this <laughs> becomes interpretive dance, this could be the greatest featuring, thing ever. Featuring Cirque du Soleil. Featuring all six Bonds, including Connery and Lazenby. Ah. Ah. I so, like, some, that. you know, yeah. tribute and they all come out or something. Yeah. Or the six Bonds, Cirque du Soleil-ing it up. <laughs> that Interpret- interpretive dance style. Yeah. I, I you know, never with, never with yeah. a closed fist. Ne- never on your tippy toes. I can do a point. <laughs> I rond des jambes. That's all. Suddenly they became Jean-Luc Picard. Badly. That's awesome. Kind of. Yeah. I think. It'd be, yeah, good, to, it'd, it. it'd be good to see that Sean Connery's still alive. Yeah, because we just need to be reminded every yeah. now and then. Maybe just or just parade a, a woman across stage with a black eye or something, you know, <laughs> then we know he's still alive. Because Ike Turner's gone, hasn't he? Yeah, I think Ike's, Ike's checked out. And Chris Brown doesn't get invited to things anymore. Pretty much, but then, you know, apparently Riri's bedroom, but, you know, more fool her. And we reported a little while ago that Bradley Cooper was going to be in the remake of The Crow. Yes. Apparently that's... No, he's not. Bradley Cooper has dropped out and relatively... Because he's suddenly... Develop some respect for the source material. Well, hopefully, relatively Relativity Media uh, remaking the or making a comic book adaptation remake of The Crow. However, all is not lost, according to Hollywood pr- Reporter. Mark Wahlberg and Channing Tatum are now being talked about to play the Crow's murdered rock musician. Okay, um, so your wife's going to see it. Pretty much, yeah. If either actor. Oh, sorry, it's unclear if either actor is interested or even if they've officially offered them the role, but that's the rumour buzz. Mark Wahlberg is, is pretty much becoming the I'll fucking, I'll do anything. He's the paycheck. He's, he's, he's becoming the... He's the paycheck king. Yep. 
Which is a shame, because he, he can do really good stuff, but then he does shit like Max Payne. And The Happening. Yeah. What? No. Uh, he's just awful. He's just awful. And Channing Tatum, uh, this is a bad move for him, because he's, he's yeah. on the precipice of he, he a... He's on an upslope. If he so, does this, this is going to kill him. Yeah. So yeah. he just needs to do more stuff with his shirt off. and Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And, the, I mean, The Crow is not a love story. No. I mean, well, it kind of is, but it's pretty fucking Yeah, it's dark. a fucked up love story. So, but yeah. Again, that's one of those ones that they should just leave alone. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they should never have made the sequels. Oh, correct. I mean, Edward Furlong was, was fucking awful. The, uh, I can't remember what was his name, the French guy. Was it Cassell? Finney Cassell? Vincent, oh, it could have been. Or it might not have been, anyway. I mean, we'll probably dig it up and... And then Mark Dacascus, who I, I like as a martial artist um, actor, did the TV series, which was just... Uh, it just doesn't need to... The only thing good about The Crow 2 was um, Iggy Pop. Yes. But, you know, City of Angels or whatever it was called. Yes. But, yes, some mm. things don't need to be made. Now, this may have... Some of this news may have changed. Well, the, the, the coda to this may have changed. Jurassic Park 4... Mm-hmm. has been set for a June 2014 release. At the time that I made these notes, there had been no word on director, cast, or writer. Yep. I th- but I had seen little things. I, hadn't had a, I didn't have a chance to confirm or deny that Spielberg might have stepped back up to it. Okay. Because he fucked number two. Yeah, number two wasn't good. No. So... And number three wasn't great, but it was better than number two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be it, interesting it, Steven Spielberg going back to the well, though. Mm. Like the, the, the two things that this movie needs... And to be honest, I could say this about every movie. Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum. I thought you were going to say dinosaurs. <laughs> Realistic dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more Goldblum. Sam Neill, of course. Uh, do we need a Jurassic Park 4? I don't, no, we don't. I mean... Yeah, it's, they, it's a fairly the, I'd just say the well has been fairly well ploughed absolutely yeah not um, that you plough a well absolutely but I understand it it's been it's been uh, it's been drunk dry I mean number two I thought was a bit of a stretch mm. I, I like the idea of them having to go back to the islands and whatnot. but I mean the wow factor of I mean the movie still Jurassic Park the first one still holds up yeah the wow factor is gone though like it's like oh we'll we'll make you believe like the superman will make you believe a man can fly yeah you will believe these dinosaurs i i remember watching that going holy fucking yeah. shit it's done i don't know no, it's done and dusted yeah. like there would be like a sequel to avatar say oh look at this wonderful 3d world again again yeah but you know yeah well i've i'm ambivalent about a sequel yeah. to avatar but I've, that's that's it. Why the last man was the last thing I had. So yes. over to All you. Right. Just a couple of couple of quick ones. Yep. In a segment that we haven't been able to to pull out for a little while. A couple of shows. Fuck you, course. Michael Bay. Oh. Because we love a good fuck you, oh. Michael Bay. We need a theme song for fuck you, Michael Bay. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot yes. may be back on track. Ah, uh, fuck Michael Bay. Fuck Michael Bay. The Assassin's Creed movie has a writer. Yeah. Michael Lessay. Uh, no feature films to his credit, but several shorts. So the Lessay we say about him, the better? Yes. Thank you very much. No, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Terminator 5 has two writers attached. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, just leave, yeah, that's all. I'm saying there. Yeah. 
Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks teaming up for another World War II miniseries at HBO. I could live with that. Masters of the Air, about the Mighty Eighth Air Battalion. Now, did they have anything to do with the Pacific? Yeah, they made the Pacific. Because that didn't chart well. It didn't. I know, personally, I think it's because I had... The the bar was so high because of my insane fucking admiration and love for Band of Brothers. Yeah. It's, I mean, Band of Brothers, Brothers is just about the most perfect thing. It's the... That's... Yeah. It, it's not television. It's HBO. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's perfect. It's, it's the watermark. It it's is. The, and it's, it's such a high mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that's, that's something that's happening. Hopefully they'll do, they'll do well with it. A thing that I'm actually quite excited about, if it's done well, Fallout. The video game series. Yeah, I recall you mentioning something about this on our on our Facebook page. Yeah. I think uh, there are the studio, the the owner of it, mm-hmm. uh, Bethesda Softworks, yeah. has registered the trademark Fallout in relation to a post-apocalyptic episodic television series. Oh, now I could live with it as a TV show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So it could be could be really really good. Yeah, I've been excited about it for because you're while. a big you're a big Fallout fan. I am. Yeah. I am. I've still yet to give it a go, much to my my shame. But um, yeah, but I'll, that could be it. something that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I would like to get down on that. If if it's done again, it's got to be done properly. It's got to be done Walking Dead style. That, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's yeah. exactly where I was going. Yeah, that is that is where that something like that has to go. Constantly shack, sacking at showrunners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I figure. I think. Are you up for season five showrunning? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I've got season seven. Yeah, we're penciled in. Yeah. But, um, and that's interchangeable, like because I could get halfway through season five and they could sack my ass yeah. and bring me back for season seven. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's um, that that is in fact that is pretty much the only way they could do Fallout. I think mm. is to, though interestingly they they've tried again. Fallout is a particular niche and has a, a cult following mm. insofar as the, the 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 runaway success of the video game. Yes, but Jericho and. There was another one as well that well, Falling Skies has got a little bit. Yeah, of and there's a kind of, even falling. Revolution to a certain extent. Yeah, the, there are, they've kind of been done a yeah. bit, and they don't do well. So no. I'm interested to see what they think they can do differently to yeah. make it successful. And, and will the fans come? I mean, I think the fans will come, especially to the opening. Well, mm. they don't come to the opening, but they will, they will watch the first episode. Do they? Will and they will have, they stay? Yeah. yeah. Will they retain will, their audience? Game of Thrones would be the only other exception mm. to that rule. Is that that just somehow got better and better and better and better and better, yeah. you know, which is not surprising because no. Peter Dinklage yeah. is fucking awesome. So is that the answer? Peter Dinklage is in Fallout? I think uh, he has to be in Fallout. Yeah. Good friend of the show, yes. Alex Winter. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. He has a documentary about Napster, which will, do, which will debut at South by Southwest. Okay. The only reason I mentioned that is I had no idea Alex Winter was still alive. <laughs> well, Bill and Ted 3 is coming apparently. Yeah, allegedly yeah. So they say <laughs> But the big one The yeah. big news that I have that Saving the best to last people That you and I will both get a, a big, kick out of Big finish here It's going deep The Batmobile Yes The original 1960s Batmobile The hero car Was itself. sold at auction yep. For $4.6 million Bless that man <sighs> Or person do we that know unknown, unknown. yeah, of course. unknown. Because Ralph doesn't have that kind of coin. Because the thing is, they don't want any a person who can afford to blow that want, sort of coin. They yeah, don't you want, don't want people to know. Yeah, but 
My God. 4.6. That's just crazy. That would just be insane. It, but you know what? It would be worth every cent to say, you know what? I own the Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, you'd have to have it in a special and it would just revolve. Yeah. I mean, wonder if he would be this sort of person. Presuming it's a he. It could be a she. Yeah. Don't mean to be sexist. Though I, I do find it a bit hard to believe that a woman could justify $4.6 million for a Batmobile. It had a pair of um, Milanos in the boot. Ah, there we go. But it'd be nice to think that it could make the trip to cons and all that sort of business. Yeah, and, and just you know, be looked at. Yeah, and appreciated. Because you wouldn't let con attendees sit in it. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. But you would have it in yeah. such a way yes. that... You, you can yeah. stand... We, you can take a photo next to the glass box. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from a distance, security guards surrounding it and stuff. Yeah. But then uh, I, I absolutely know nothing about what potential damage could be done while transporting it to the mm. various places. But it'd be nice to think that, that it doesn't just get... It doesn't get locked away doesn't in that, get, yeah, that warehouse yeah. at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be true, probably where I would lock it away. Yes. Um, right next to the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Reviews. Reviews. Like we'd rehearsed it. I yeah. do want to kick off. <laughs> You've wanted to kick off on this one for a, for a little while. Uh, we have two reviews this week. The uh, Russ the Love Must Double. <laughs> double the fist. Double the fist. I am reviewing because I am a tragic theatre queen, as Matthew and my mother keep telling me. Les Miserables. Directed by Tom Hooper. Starling. Starling? <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> Starring Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, and Anne Hathaway. I'm going to go into a bit more depth in the, the plot than I usually do. Quite often I'll gloss over a little bit. But it is a fairly dense plot, and some of the things I'm, I'm talking about, I think, deserve a little bit more, a little bit more attention. So I'm going to go into a bit more, a bit more detail. Les Miserables is primarily the story of Jean Valjean, Hugh Jackman, and his rocky road to redemption. He starts off as a prisoner in a labour gang, arrested 19 years ago for stealing bread and a subsequent escape attempt, hauling a scuttled ship into dry dock under the watchful eye of Javert, Russell Crowe. He's given his parole, but finds that his life as an ex-con isn't easy, as no one will hire him or give him the time of day. In a moment of weakness, he steals silverware from a bishop, Colm Wilkinson, the original Jean Valjean in the West End, but is caught by police and dragged back to the bishop, who tells police that he gave the silver to him as a gift to start a new life. Moved by the bishop's generosity and ashamed by his actions, Valjean pledges to do just that, to start a new life and become a decent citizen. We then see eight years later, where Valjean has adopted a new identity, Monsieur Madeleine, and is the owner of a small factory and has become the mayor of the, the small town that the factory resides in. Working in the factory is a young lady, Fontaine, Anne Hathaway, who, we discover, has a daughter that is being raised by an innkeeper and his wife, and she sends all the money she makes to them for her care. 
When she is fired from the factory by the foreman, she turns to prostitution as a way to keep earning money for her daughter. Into this town comes Javert, who has been assigned to the town and introduces himself to the mayor. Valjean is terrified that he is recognised, but there seems to be nothing but a, a slight flicker of recognition from Javert. Fontaine is now very sick from her new poverty-stricken life as a whore, and she gets into a fight with a wealthy customer who demands justice. Times being what they are, someone from the upper class is automatically in the right, and as Javert is about to send Fontaine to jail, Valjean intercedes. When he realises that she was fired from his factory, he feels guilty and agrees to take care of her daughter for him. Javert now tells Valjean that they have captured someone who is a long-escaped fugitive, who he believes is Jean Valjean, and is going to trial in the village today. Torn between his promise to God and the priest to live a good and decent life, and the possibility of getting away with it and not having to worry about it anymore, Valjean does the right thing, the stupid thing, and confronts Javert, telling them that he is in fact Jean Valjean, and that the man accused is innocent. He pleads for a few days to deal with Fontaine's daughter, Javert says no, they fight, he knocks him out, Valjean runs off. We find the daughter, Cosette, a young eight-year-old-ish girl, being mistreated by the innkeeper, Monsieur Thenardier, Sasha Baron Cohen, and his wife, Helena Bonham Carter, in favour of their own daughter, Eponine. Valjean pays them off for the child, and they move to a new town and take refuge in a convent. We jump forward another ten years to, to the, I've got A, French Revolution, because there's been a few. A French Revolution is beginning, and young revolutionary Marius, Eddie Redmayne, is caught up in the fervour and passion of the movement. By chance, he snatches a glimpse of Cosette, now a, a young 18-year-old woman, and is instantly smitten. He asks his friend Eponine, yes, the same Eponine from before, who is in love with Marius, but he doesn't realise it, to find out who she is. Again, Javert enters the scene, now a chief inspector, and plots to infiltrate the revolution and bring it down from the inside. He is discovered, and the revolutionaries capture him and pledge to execute him. Cosette meets Marius finally, and they fall in love. Valjean, realising that he can't keep her closeted away forever, goes to the barricades to ensure that Marius stays alive. His bravery in the fight impresses the revolutionaries, and they offer him anything that they can as a reward. He asks to be the one to take the life of Javert. Facing him, with the chance to kill him and be free of him forever, he again takes the high road and sets him free. The army attacks the revolutionaries' barricade, and all the revolutionaries are killed except for Marius, who is gravely injured. Valjean drags him through the sewers to find safety, pursued still doggedly by Javert. They again fight, and Valjean escapes with Marius. This is where Javert has a real crisis of faith, realising that maybe Valjean has been a good guy all this time, and realising that he can't deal with it, throws himself off a bridge, killing himself. As the story ends, spoiler alert, Valjean is an old man, hiding in the convent, waiting to die, and he tells Marius the truth about him and who he is and what he's done, and makes him promise never to tell Cosette. Marius, of course, does tell her on their wedding day, and they rush to the convent in time for him to die and finally be at peace. Les Miserables is a classic and celebrated piece of literature written by Victor Hugo and is up there with War and Peace, Anna Karenina and other 19th century literature as as the very high watermark of, of storytelling at the time. It's The reason I took so much time talking about the story is it is a story about redemption and faith and justice and law and all those 
those things are really quite present in the story and, in fact, in the musical. The musical is also hailed as a classic and is heralded with ushering, a new, ushering in a new golden age of musical theatre in the 80s, and as such there has always been talk of a film adaptation. Tom Hooper, who directed the superb The King's Speech, directs this film, and from the opening shot of the convicts pulling in the ship, we can tell that he's going for epic. He's, he's really going for scale. And visually, he succeeds more often than not. Interestingly, this opening scene is one of the few scenes in the film that have any real brightness to it. A lot of the film is quite visually dark, and just, I just thought that was worth mentioning. I have nothing to back it up. <laughs> there has been much made of the fact that the lead performers in this film were given a free hand regarding the pacing and singing of their songs. Traditionally, in a, mu- in a movie musical, the tracks are sung and recorded in a studio prior to filming, and the actors perform their scenes to that track. They listen to it, and they either sing with it or, or mime to it. Hopper, in this movie, allowed the actors to act the songs, with a pianist playing into an earpiece so they could keep, keep pitch, so they could entirely act the scene and not be constrained by what they had previously done. If they felt something they wanted to do differently... It allowed them to do it rather than saying, well, I've got to do this on this beat because that's what I did when I recorded it in the studio three months ago. This is most noticeable in uh, in two scenes. Valjean's first soliloquy, uh, What Have I Done?, where Jackman's walking around, um, followed by a steady cam, uh, while he sings. And I can't recall if it is a single long shot. I'm pretty sure it's one very long take. I think so, yeah. Um, I believe it is. Similarly, Anne Hathaway's I Dreamed a, G- a Dream is filmed in, in the same way. It's a long, continuous continuous shot. Now, I don't want to diminish what these actors have done, but singing a song live in one take and having to act at the same time, thousands of people on thousands of stages, both amateur and professional, do this every day. While I think that what Jackman and Hathaway has done is impressive, it has to be taken in context of of a performance it's a very good film performance but is it really anything that isn't done on a stage every day the one thing that i was most concerned about coming into this film thinking that he he could ruin it and that was russell crowe as javert now let's be clear he was fucking abysmal but he was about as abysmal as i as i expected him to be so i wasn't really all that disappointed or surprised He's not good. There's... Yeah. <laughs> He's not good. One of the castings that I was really excited about, that I thought could have been excellent, actually turned out to be to be a real disappointment, was Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter. The idea of those two as a comic duo, that barred me up. On stage, Master of the House is one of the highlights of the show. A big, riotous, rollicking, fun time. But here, it was fairly flat, dull and lifeless. Which brings me to my biggest issue with the movie. While technically adept, it had no heart and no soul. The chorus scenes, which are meant to be strong, big, anthemic productions, just felt like they were going through the motions. This may have had something to do with the fact that the cinema I saw it in was being too much of a pussy to turn the volume up to a decent level. But the scenes that should have had your blood pumping and your dick hard did nothing. To be honest, it wasn't just the chorus scenes, although they were the worst culprits. A lot of the songs felt like they had no meaning behind them, so it was difficult to engage 
and care about the performance of the characters. There were some highlights. Eddie Redmayne, Redmayne, I Redmayne, presume so, did a quite a good job of, as Marius, and his his solo song "Empty Chairs at Empty Tables" is among the best song, the best performance of that song that I've heard by any performer. Similarly, Samantha Bark, Eponine's performance of "On My Own" was legitimately powerful and brilliant. We've commented before, and I think we've both said it, how films can change dramatically in your mind after some time and some distance from from your initial viewing. I saw this over Christmas. When I walked out of this theatre, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was awful. But the time this film has spent in my mind has not been kind to it. One and a half stars. Wow. That's a pasting. I, uh, I am not a theatre tragic. I've, I think musical theatre is fairly... Well, I, I often make the joke like everybody else does... Why the fuck do they just have to sing? Why can't they, they? Why can't they say they're just walking over the street? Why do they have to sing about it? However lame is, there's there's about three, maybe four, that I really enjoy and constant and and constantly go and see if there's a stage production of. Lame is one of them. Godspell is another, but that's more of a rock opera mm. sort of thing. Superstars, JC like. Superstar, and probably I. I don't know if I would include Avenue Q. It's probably just popped into my head as probably one of the few musically. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a musical comedy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's musical theatre. Yeah. Let me wrong. But I don't. I, but it's a different style. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder whether I'm probably cheapening all the others by mentioning those ones. But definitely JC Superstar, Godspell. I've, I've always loved and Les Mis. And the reason for me are the show stopping songs. I to this day have never been able to hear on my own without weeping openly. And in this instance, no exception. Samantha Buck was sensational. Not only that, she's stunningly oh, yeah. gorgeous. I, I must admit, I was wondering... I thought I actually thought there was a bit of miscasting. Mm. I think she was cast for her voice, yeah. Yeah. but to, I, a fool would look at Amanda Seyfried oh, and then... Did, well, just, did, yeah, did I put my hand up? By all means. This is... I've seen a, a bunch of and been involved in a bunch of different Les Mises in my yeah. musical theatre career. I am yet to see a production where I wouldn't take Eponine oh. six and a half days out of seven. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried is a very pretty, very, yeah. very attractive woman, and don't get me wrong, but that's, Eponine was just a stunner, yeah. and she acted so well. Yeah. And interestingly, less in this product. I mean, I've, I've seen a f- couple of productions of Les Mis, amateur theatre, and I've seen a, a one professional production. And in this particular film adaption, the Eponine Cosette, when they were younger, didn't really seem to be played up that Eponine was a bitch. Mm. So I walked away from this adaption thinking Eponine's actually is extraordinarily tragic, even more so than she was in the, in the, the Broadway, the original Broadway. Mm. I Dreamed a Dream annoys the piss out of me as a song. I don't know why. I've just never, I've never warmed even to it. Even before Susan Boyle? Well before Susan Boyle. So much so that when somebody said, you've got to check this woman out singing this lame Miss song... And it was I Dreamed a Dream. I, I liked it in spite of myself. But I, she can sing. However, Anne Hathaway's version blew my socks off. It just blew me away. And that brings me probably to the biggest point where you and I are going to disagree. Is I have never seen... I've seen true of good productions, but and I'll, I'll speak only to the, the, the professional productions. I still feel that when actors take the stage in a musical number, they will act a little bit they still want to sing the song and they still want to get across to the audience 
look at me singing this powerful song. Colm, Colm, Colm Wilkinson yep. is the definitive bring him home yep. version, and it is it is tear-jerking, it's awful. But I've, I've seen a recording of, of him performing it, like just sort of taking off in the wings. He still stops, he still looks at the audience, he still projects the, the song, mm. which they all do in musicals, and I'm not being critical of them for that. But in this, I thought it was an interesting choice with this idea of them breaking up the timing of the song. You know, mm. Hugh with his no, but wait, and this and that, moving around, and the, the excitement of the. I think that's a. I thought it was a step in the right direction. That made to me musical theatre a bit more accessible. Yeah. Also, I, I I may have come across as negative to what they'd done. I I don't want to diminish what they've done. I thought uh, no, they no, I, both I, did exceptional jobs. Yep. I don't think you did. Okay. I, I I I take your point, and I, and I and I think your point, and people listening will will understand exactly what you said. That and to paraphrase was basically it was wonderful. They did well, but it's no different to when other people do it on stage and whatnot. Whereas I actually felt it was, and it was a comment that I made to my wife when I left it. Bring him home is the second. I I, I live for those two songs, um, on my own and and bring him home. I lo- I do love. Do you hear the chanting or the beating of the hearts? Yeah. Whatever, like fuck, I can never remember them enough. I loved this movie, I loved it, and I didn't hate Russell. The only time I I, could, I got used to him, and I think it's probably because everyone else was so good. Uh, Anne Hathaway. I mean, we'll talk about the awards shortly, but I I just came away just loving this girl, her versatility, everything. I'm giving this movie four stars. I loved it. Which is a surprise because I did, went in not thinking I would, mm. but yeah, Russ, Russ didn't didn't disappoint as much. But plot point wise, every time I've seen Les Mis, I always come away and I don't know what makes me think it's ever going to change every time I watch it. But why didn't you, why didn't fucking Valjean just go to England in the first place? Why did he stick around and become a fucking mayor? Why did he when when oh go and get yeah. you know what I mean? And I've never understood in every production I've seen. I've never connected enough with Javert to understand his suicide. Mm. Now I've read the book, but I've never, I've been, you know, and that's that's an entirely different mm. thing. I mean, we know there's a chasm of differences between the book and, the, but I've never had anyone connect me to Javert enough that when he kills himself, I think, oh yeah, I usually mm. just think, really, yeah. really. See, one thing I've I've been interested in seeing, and there's a bunch of them out there, the non-musical film adaptations. Uh, I know there's a Liam Neeson one. Yeah, with uh, Russian. There, and there was one with... There was actually a French one that was on SBS a little while ago, but I got into it too late. Okay. With Gerard Depardieu, Comrade Depardieu, yep. and John Malkovich as uh, Javert. Okay. Uh, okay. All, all in French. Yeah. So it's probably a, a fairly high barrier for a lot of people, but mm. it's... Yeah, I, I'd be interested in seeing one of those to see if, again, that connection well, feels different. Jeffrey Rush's... Javert is, is spectacular. Mm. I've seen that uh, production of it, but yeah, I've I've just still, and so I included that. Mm. I've just never connected with the character, and I just wonder whether I I never will mm. simply because of yeah. my history with the thing. But I yeah, your history with the law. Enough <laughs> <laughs> said about it. The yeah. better. <clears throat> but one thing I've I've always found interesting about it as well, mm. while Javert is the antagonist, he's not a bad guy. No, and that's that's one of the things that I find actually interesting about the story. Absolutely, he's a cop doing his job. Yeah, Jean Valjean stole. Yeah, and then tried to escape. Yeah, I mean, yes, we can talk about the draconian laws of stealing bread is enough to throw you yeah. in jail. Shut the fuck up and do your time. Five years, you don't have to try and escape. Yeah. That's the reason he was. Yeah, hmm. I'm a, yeah. 
But yeah, that's the song. Anti. Do you call him not an anti-hero, but is he an anti-villain? I mean, what? How do you describe what? What Javert is? Yeah, he's not the villain. Well, he's supposed to be the villain of the piece because we're supposed to instantly connect with Valjean as Mm. a person who, oh, but I stole some bread to feed my sister's son. Absolutely, that's tragic. It's Mm. it's tragic and it's terrible, and I'm not suggesting for a second that those laws were wrong or right. Yeah, but. But if you take drugs into Malaysia, you know what you're getting. Exactly. You know, I mean, and your boogie board... Oh, you, sorry, you said we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> Again, my running with the law aside. <laughs> yeah, like, there's... there's And and I probably, to flip that on to um, Epony, she's supposed to be sort of like a little bit of a, a bitch. Well, she mm. wasn't in this movie. No, she was... She's, uh, she is the tragedy of the story. Absolutely. And her, and, her and Fantine. Yeah. Font- Fontaine. 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 Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like you said that On My Own mm. kills you. When it's done right, A Little Fall of Rain actually kills me. Oh, okay. Okay, yep. It's well, it, it gets me when... Um, it, it actually threw me, because I, I, as much as I know the musical, I do mm. often sit back and go, oh, that's right, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and in the, the trailer, there's the bit where um, Fantine, or Fantine is, is reaching out for Cosette when she's mm. dying. And it's this it's the refrain of on my own and I thought, Oh wow, I can't believe uh, but hang on, I thought Anne Hathaway was playing Fontaine. I didn't think she sang that. Oh, I can't wait for her to sing it. Mm. Then she starts with I Dreamed a Dream and I went, Oh, that's fucking right. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. she's the only person to make me like I yeah. Dreamed a Dream. Have you seen the I I have I've tried to find a clip of it. The abysmal fucking edit mistake at the at the very end? No. Yes, sorry, where Anne Hathaway ducks down. And then you see her walking behind yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I saw that and went, what's going on? What's what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. The it. ducking down you can sort of live with. But then in the next scene where you see Cosette and Marius yeah. and you see Anne Hathaway sort of sneaking off in yes. the background, it's like, oh, what the they fuck, guys? Yeah, talk about, yeah, that's going to be in fucking shit, shit that should not be. be. I just, as soon as you mentioned it, I went, oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that if that was on the musical stage, you, you wouldn't would, matter. Yeah, because you would go, she's, oh, she's getting to her next she's, yeah, piece. She's dead. She's, yeah. Because you're so used to actors, mm. especially in a, a local production, mm. you're so used to them striking the stage mm. as they come on and yeah. off and whatnot. Do you like the way I used I them? did. Thank you very much. I, I did like Sasha Baron Cohen and I did like Helena Bonham Carter. Neither of them could sing very well and I agree 100%. Master of the House should be the, the up point of this entire mm. fucking... Downer of a yeah. movie, four funerals but, and a wedding, as I've heard it described. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but yeah, they. I didn't. I did. That was, and I. I think maybe I was in, watching in the same theater or similar theater. They didn't. They didn't turn it up. Mm. I like to sort of feel that music yeah. go through. Yeah, particularly like yeah, when you hear the people sing, mm. should be. Boom, yeah, boom. yeah, yeah. That's the song. And, yeah, but yeah, I, I. I unashamedly cried, and I must admit I got caught short by the house lights coming up before I could wipe my eyes really quickly. <laughs> But yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it, and I, I, but I probably won't. I'll probably watch it once when it comes out, and then that's it. I would never own it. Our second yeah. review. So, so from one musical adaptation of a French classic <laughs> to another, <laughs> the Man with the Iron Fist. This was released late last year, sort of limited cinema release in Australia, directed by the RZA, written by RZA and Eli Roth, with a story from. Or by the RZA, starring the RZA. <laughs> I'm loving the RZA. Russell Crowe, Lucy Liu, Kung Lee, Rick Yun, <clears throat> and David Bautista, or 
Batista, I've seen it written and spelt different ways. Through voiceover, we are told that the blacksmith, Riza, has been making weapons for the various warring factions in China's jungle village. His skills are highly sought, though he truly wishes to escape with the prostitute, Lady Silk, played by Jamie Chung. When an inter-clan war erupts within the Lion Clan, when the leader of the clan, Mufasa, is, I'm sorry, Gold Lion, is given the protection of a shipment of gold that naturally must pass through the village, Gold Lion is betrayed by his lieutenants, Silver and Bronze Lions, assassinating him with Silver becoming the Lion Clan's leader. With me? Gold's Lion's son, Zen Yi, learns of his father's murder and sets off to the village to seek revenge. Now, the enigmatic jackknife, an urbane crow, arrives in the village and takes up residence in the Pink Blossom, a brothel owned by Madame Blossom, Lucy Liu. Meanwhile, we meet Brass Body, Batista, who we learn is invulnerable to damage as his body turns to brass. He is assigned to kill Zen Yi. During the inevitable battle, the blacksmith res rescues Zen Yi, sealing his fate and bringing him into the clan war and to a final climactic battle. This movie owes everything to Riz's passion for the wuxia or wuxia genre of Chinese cinema. This film is an homage in the way that Kill Bill is an homage, borrowing liberally from Shaw Brothers films and just to name one. It's no secret that Riza of the Wu-Tang Clan is obsessed with Wuxia and the Riza clearly knows his subject material. I think his real name is Reginald. Should we just call him Reg no, the Riza? The Riza. He learned his craft at the feet of Tarantino with Roth's guidance and steers this film competently into the B-movie genre, which I believe was his intention because this film really doesn't bring anything new to this area. Jazzy special effects aside, and some excellent casting, Lou and Crow in particular, this is no different to Swordsman or Hero or Iron Monkey. This is not a slight, because if you're into this genre, you will get something out of this film. The over-the-top action, the silly blood effects, the magical powers of the fighters, etc. The story is filled with the tropes we can expect from this genre, the tragic hero, the villainous villain, the not really a villain but a villain but not really, the impossibly powerful warrior, the secret within, we go on, we go on. It's also got the multitude of characters and the sufficiently convoluted storyline. I actually enjoyed this film, but I didn't love it. I think it will take its place rightfully in the genre, but there are much, much better examples out there. The aforementioned hero is one of them. I give this film three stars. And I await your inevitable pasting. <laughs> I'm not pasting this film. No? Good. I okay. really enjoyed this film for exactly what it was. Yeah. Which was, as you said... I've, we talk about Tarantino's film being an homage to a genre. And I, <laughs> actually, after I'd written this, I thought a, a new line came to me in the car on the way home. If Tarantino's films are a love letter to a genre, yep. this is cutting off your ear putting it in an envelope <laughs> and Van Goughing that fucking thing to her. This is a Van Gogh to your This genre. is a Van Gogh to Wuxia films. Yeah. You clearly can... You, you can feel the Rizzer's love yeah. and admiration and presumably fairly encyclopedic knowledge mm -hmm. of the genre in every frame of this film. Yeah. It is a, it is a fun film to watch. I am disappointed I didn't get to see it at the cinema. Yeah, I think yeah, it probably yeah. would have added just a little, yep. a little bit of fun. Silver Lion. <laughs> Every time Silver Lion came on, you know all I could think about 
was Dave Chappelle's Prince. <laughs> Game blouses. So <laughs> making pancakes. Yeah. Russell Crowe, who I gave a fair initial liking to five yeah. minutes ago, is kind of fun. He was awesome in this film. Particularly in the first half, like his first scene, yeah. the the bit that really sealed him was like for me is like yeah, awesome, was when when he was up in the room with the whores and Lucy Lou locks on the door and he sort of pokes his head out. That scene yeah. was just awesome. And what happened to Russell, man? <laughs> he used to be a vibrant, energetic fucking guy, and now he's just he got old, a f- <laughs> fat old loaf. Yeah. yeah. But he, you could tell he was having fun. I don't know if he knew what he was getting into at I, the time. I, this has got to be a coup for Rizzo to get Russell Crowe. Yeah. Like, that's bizarre. I mean, apparently he shot all his stuff in 10 days. Yeah. So that, and, and for that, given how often he is in the film, mm. that shows competent filmmaking yeah. on, on Rizzo's part with obviously Roth helping him out. But yeah. Far out. Mistress Silk, I'm surprised you didn't mention it. Quite tidy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I still like me a bit of Lucy Lou. Oh, who doesn't? I'll be honest. She's sensational. Ex-wrestler, Batista. Yeah. What a fucking monster. Six foot six. That man. guy is. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Just a beast. Um, but, I mean, this is clearly a passion project for someone with a lot of passion. Mm. And for someone that isn't even an actor. Like, it's not like a Mel making any of Mel Gibson's films where he's you know he's got a legacy of of being involved in film mm. this is just a guy with money that loves this shit yep. and wants to do it i thought maybe the the first act dragged a little long it took a, there was a lot of setup yep. and a lot of a and, lot of preposition but it's probably entirely accurate within the genre that's exactly what i was about to say and just to punctuate that for you yeah that's exactly right because it does take a while and then you have the over the top mm. yeah and i Yes, I really like that he'd Van Gogh. This yeah. is his Van Gogh to the yeah. genre. This is great. But yeah, no, I enjoyed this film. I think it's really good for what it is. This is a Friday, Saturday night with the boys and a couple yeah, of years film. Uh, two and a half stars yeah. from me. And he didn't have to pay for the music for the soundtrack. Because he wrote it all. I know. I mean, it's as soon as it started, I went, I'm pretty sure that's I know this song. 36 I heard, I heard one of the songs on the radio today. Oh, did you really? Because oh, the Triple okay. J was playing one of it. Yes. Ah. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, it's, it's 36 Chambers is, is the first album, and it's, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's track two, like the, the shame, a, shame a nigger mm. opening. Oh, yeah, no, I'm glad you, I, I'm glad you got it, I guess yeah. is probably the, and that's not to suggest you wouldn't, but I'm, I'm just glad you got no, it. I think a lot of people could miss this film, think that yeah. it's taking itself seriously and think, yeah. yeah it's absolutely not. Yeah. And no, Rizzo is not an actor, but he fitted, he fit in quite well. Yeah. I, um, I am, the one thing that would have been, I know they had to do it, like the explanation of why there's a black guy in China. Yeah, I thought it would have been nice if they didn't have that. <laughs> it just, yeah, I'm just bringing black, black guy, guy in China. Yeah. And props to Pam Greer and her her look. Oh, that there. was that was cool. Yeah. I, I did like that. So yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's the first Angular Montgomery Burns Award for outstanding achievement in. Benita DeWolf and the Springfield Nuclear Plant Soft Shoe Society. This award is the biggest farce I ever saw. What about the Emmys? I stand corrected. So, allow the, allow the Affleck cocksucking to begin. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, so obviously the Golden Globes were on, I think, 
beginning of last week. Yep. I think it was. Talk about the hosts. Uh, how happy am I? Like, that, it not... was it was pretty much what you said a host should be. Yeah. Come out, make a couple of jokes. Yeah. I'm so glad I added that caveat in the last episode to say I, I believe in these pair to be able to do exactly what they did. Mm. And I'm so glad I was I was wrong. Yeah. But I'm I, I wasn't wrong, but I was wrong. Mm. I loved yeah. it. Uh, they, how, the president dog stitches when they cut to them waiting yep. for their yep. nominate. Uh, I was in Amy Poehler. She had me in hysterics. The any woman who knows about married to James Cameron for three years knows, knows about, about torture. torture. That was oh. better. That zing was better than anything Gervais came up with. Yeah. In his first. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. For for me, that was the line of the night. Yeah. Followed. By actually the one funny thing that Baron Cohen said, including, you know, six weeks of singing lessons for Russell Crowe, that was money well spent. Oh, oh. Boom. boom. And speaking of Baron Cohen, though, I love that guy. I think he's mm. very, very talented. I thought his comment about Anne Hathaway's upskirt yeah, shop. Yeah, that was a bit... Un- uh, yeah. It was very unkind, given that she had just taken out the award. Yeah, she and was she so, was in the movie with him. Yeah. yeah it's, and she was yeah. so gracious in her acceptance. Mm. With, I mean, to, to single out Sally Field and say, I can't believe mm. the flying nun is, yeah. you know... And and good honour for that. Yeah. I, I I mean, she's suitably embarrassed mm. about what happened. Yeah. Yes, I've looked at the picture quite a few times. I'm pretty sure I've saved I, it somewhere. Actually, I haven't. I'm going to have to rectify that. Um... You know, it's a. Tra- it's, she's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful young woman with a beautiful bald vagina. Uh, I just think, let it, I honestly, I I was one of the the only moments in the whole night where I went, oh, you mm. you didn't, you shouldn't have done that. That's, yeah. that's that's yeah. not. It's this is not the night. Yeah. But, and Clinton, how amazing was that? Do, do you think they asked Obama? I don't think. I don't think they could. I don't think Obama could have done. Yeah. It. I think that that's going. Well, he'd be he'd more he's more Oscars. <laughs> but is it is I, I it's, it's probably not something that's done. Yeah, I'm glad it mm. wasn't Obama simply yeah. because I think that isn't it. Bill Clinton's an ex president. It's mm. time to come out and do that. Yeah. And, and if nice nice unintentional segue there, Jodie Foster. <laughs> but uh, was what, she what drunk? was it? Was she high? I like, don't know. Was she, and she didn't say that she was. Like, was it? You all know I'm gay. Pretty much. But I'm not. I'm not going to say that I'm gay because you know that I'm gay, and it doesn't matter. What? I look. I think she made some really interesting points. Mm. I think she rambled a little bit. I think she was probably pretty excited about. Mm. I think she's finally got her moment and whatnot. I don't think I've heard only one person say. I wish I could recall. Somebody has suggested that she was going to do it, she was going to do it, and then she, she pulled it last yeah. minute. I don't believe that the case. I, Jody, of she's, she's a smart enough person to know exactly what she's the fuck she's doing. Smooth, all the time. smooth, smooth operator. They, there was not one word there that she did not know mm. she was going to say. I, yeah, look, I think I, you, you talk about how movies change in your mind. That speech, when I first I was kind of going, oh, shut the fuck up. Now, upon reflection on it, I actually think it was brilliant. Mm. I think it was brilliant. And I loved. I was moved by her tribute to her mother. Yep. The, you know, I, I, now you've heard this three mm. times, and rah, 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 which was kind of nice because who was the actor that said, um, my mum now, uh, Damien Lewis, mm. my, my mother's now up in heaven sitting there, probably turns to her friends and going, my son is doing very well in, in the, the acting. acting. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was lovely. I, yeah. But yeah, I, I initially thought she was drunk or high or something. Yeah. Were what, you surprised she bought Mel? No. 
No, she is. She I know, I know she's she's Mel's biggest fan. Yeah. So sorry, more to the point. Are you surprised that Mel came? No, I think Mel is is a little bit oblivious to the how mm. utterly ruined. But see, Jodie Foster brought him back. Have you seen The Beaver? I haven't. It's spectacular. It is. It really is. But it's 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 tarred with yeah. crazy Mel. But if you give it give, I think Mel could. I believe if anyone's, if anyone can do an RDJ, yeah, it's Mel. Oh, he's but got the talent, if he's, he's, but he's just got to stay off the booze. Yeah. And, and stop with the crazy Russian bitches. And stop with the crazy proselytizing and Christ and shit. Which is basically just stay off the booze. Essentially, yeah. That's... Because you kept it under the lid for so long. Yeah. Got a bit... Your wife left you, got a bit drunk, fucked a Russian bitch. I mean, yeah. who hasn't been there? Really? But, you know, it's just a... a yeah, Mel, Mel's kind of a tragedy. I would love to see him come back. Like, he's, he's, he's old... He could get a couple of good performances out, do a couple of low key things, maybe then just have something that you can then just stop on. Yeah. So yeah. so the so we remember him for that, yeah. not for the crazy. But if anyone Air look, America too. <laughs> there it is. There it is right there. I was actually thinking what he needs is another man without a face or something. Mm. That's what it's called. Yes. Man without a face. There's a powerful movie. Um he doesn't need a another brave heart. No, he needs something the better than that. I mean, I thought We Were Soldiers was is is a spectacular movie. So we're, naturally, we're I mean, let's just get straight into it. Argo, how fucking happy! Oh. I mean, I cheered. Oh, I threw I was, my arms I, in the air. You, I, I waved him around like I just didn't care. Yeah, um, I and when Affleck, and wasn't he nervous as fuck when he was off on stage? Like he was, he was rambling. He was so nervous. I, I loved him. I wanted to, I wanted to hug him. I wanted, I wanted him to thank Kevin Smith. Were you waiting for that too? Yeah, yeah. it was never going to happen. No, because his wife was there. And, they don't. and what did Kevin really do? You know, it's not he helped like, get his first film made. Apart from that. <laughs> look, Affleck, and he said this himself, mm. Affleck, Matt Damon, there are stars that will always shine. Mm. Yes, I sat there, I said to Trina, it's not going to happen. Mm. Gee, I'd love it if he just spun out. Yeah, quick, yeah. A quick shout out to Matt Damon. Yeah. Like, I, would, I wish Matty was here to, to share this award with me mm. and whatnot. But so be it. I mean, he forgot to thank George Clooney for fuck's sake and mm. send his wife out to... Which I know you don't like her, but I think she's... I, I like Jennifer Garner. Um, it was actually Best Director when I threw my arms up in the air. Yes. I was so happy yeah. for him. You know? and, then, and then to get Best Picture as well. Yeah. That, that made me very, very happy. Yeah, yeah. Were you surprised by Les Mis? I was expecting Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't expecting Argo. No, that Les Mis was... Oh, oh sorry, of course, comedy. of course. Not after... Not by that stage when, yeah. when Hathaway and Jackman, Jackman got it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised then. I was surprised by Christoph Waltz. So was I. Pleasantly surprised. Yes. And how gracious was he? Mm. Like, he was extraordinarily gracious with his... He, he is a, he's a gentleman. He is. I, I, hope he, I hope he truly is a gentleman. Yes. Like, I hope that's not something that yeah. goes off. I thought Jessica Chastain was a bit of a, a surprise. I didn't see yeah. that. That coming for Zero Dark Thirty. Who you had Helen Hunt in that? Race, well, do, do we want to go through it? I've got them. I've got them down. Yeah, sure. Just so supporting couple. actress. Yeah. You had Helen Hunt. Sorry, you had Amy Adams. Yeah. I had Helen Hunt. Yeah. Was Anne Hathaway. So zero zero. Supporting actor. We both had Arkin. It was Christoph yeah. Waltz. Zero zero. <laughs> Best actress in a comedy. I had Maggie Smith. You had Judy Dench. It was Jennifer. I beat Meryl Lawrence. Now you know what that's all about. That's the apparently it's a, from a yeah. yeah. Um, I 
I, do, I do, people have, do we have people have a problem with that? Lindsay Lohan has a problem with it, and that's it. But that's all it takes. Lindsay Lohan fucking tweets something, and now everyone rah, 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 rah. don't diss Meryl and blah blah. Meryl's awesome. So Meryl Streep probably would have gone. What? What? I don't understand. Yeah. Someone would have said, "Oh, it's a line from First Wives Club." Blah blah blah. Oh, okay. Oh, congratulations. I think even without that, a young kid yeah. winning something that Meryl. big. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I don't have a problem with it. What's this say? I beat Meryl. Ooh, you know, like, yeah. So we're still 0-0 uh, zero, zero all yeah, the way through. Uh, best actor in a comedy, you had Hugh Jackman. I had Bill Murray. B, no. B. Hugh. One love. Yes. Who? I actually, I, if I can just jump in there, his speech where all the way through it, I often sit, I do sit with my wife and we watch it, and I often, if not every single time someone's going up to get an award, I'll turn to her and say, when I win my Golden Globe, make sure that I, A, sit closer to the stage, or B, make sure I thank blah, blah, blah. You know, like everything that they do wrong, I always say to us, preface the conversation with, when I win my Golden yes. Globe. When Hugh Jackman turned around and said, I just want the world to know that my wife was right, I must have been, I turned to mine and said, yeah, I wouldn't say that. My God. <laughs> it wouldn't matter how right you are. Yeah, but you have sex with your wife. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, he loves her. Though. He does. He's, he does. He's in she's, love with her. she's. Yeah. It's so, it's sweet. It's if 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 that is the that is the greatest friendship of all. If mm. if if he is gay, I don't yeah. think he is. I wish he was, but you know, like he'd be interested mm. in me, or maybe he would. Oh, Matt, don't don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Best actress. Yep. You had Naomi Watts. I had Helen Mirren. It was Jessica Chastain. Yep. So one zip still. Actor in drama, Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. Yep. There was never really a question yeah, on that. As you said, so quite rightly put, Daniel Day-Lewis and five other guys, yeah. or four other guys. Screenplay, we both had Quinton. It and was Quinton. How awesome was that? I And you've obviously followed the furore afterwards, where he apparently dropped the N-bomb at backstage. No. Ah, okay. I didn't see that. He's come under fire. I wanted him to say something about Spike Lee when he was accepting his well, speech. Well, he's kind of done it in the back, in the yeah. back thing. This is what he said exactly, because somebody, of course, has, has raised again the question. You've used the word the n word too mm. much. If somebody is out there actually saying that that I used the n word too much, when it comes to the word nigger, I was using it in the movie more than it was being used in the South of Mississippi. Then feel free to make that case, but no one is actually making that case. They are saying that I should lie, and I would never do that when it comes to my characters. So everyone wants to focus on the fact that he says, if there's someone is out there, somebody out there is actually saying that when it comes to the word nigger, I was using it in the movie more than it was being used in the south of Mississippi, then feel free to make that case. Hmm. God almighty. Look, it's, it's a terrible word. It's, it is. It's, it's, it carries so many but connotations to it. That's but, the point of using it in a film like that. Hmm. You can't make a film about slavery. Yep. You can't make a film about racism. Without exactly. saying nigger. Yeah, exactly. What are they going to do? Turn around and say uh, N-word? Yeah. Or come over here, monkey boy, or something yeah. along those like, lines? Um, what is it? Fucking uh, Adventures of Huck Finn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. is it what, Slave Jim or something now? Nigger Tom. Nigger, oh, but they've, cha- they've yeah, changed it. They went oh, back yeah, and yeah, replaced so it. Nigger Jim, yeah, yeah, yeah. To right. take out that word. I... We, we joke. We, yeah, 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 yeah. I would never... Like the, the the n-word argument, just to get on a on a slightly to get on a soapbox. You, can, I think you can say nigger if you are talking about the use of the word. Yes. 
you cannot call someone no that it's no. it's appalling no but if that word is made as taboo as it is if it can't be used in a historical context then we lose the reasons why we can't say that word exactly right well yeah so, exact exactly right i'm not going to add to that exactly right you know, you can't have the light without the dark. Yeah. You, you have to. Yeah, you, you can't pretend that bad shit didn't happen mm. just because you didn't like it. Accept it, move on, so we can learn the lessons from it. Yeah. Yep. No, that's well said. Well said. Occasionally it happens. Yes. Director? So, director, yeah. We both had Affleck. Yep. Uh, so you're still one up. Yep. 4-3. Uh, Best picture, you had Les Mis. I had Silver Linings. And we was lost. Mears. And we no, it was Argo. My musical comedy. Oh, sorry, my mistake. Yes, you're uh, right. And best picture drama. You had Argo. I had Zero Dark Thirty. Woody takes it six three. Well, I'd just like to. Uh, I would like to take this opportunity to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press uh, for my award. <laughs> this is a bit of a surprise, but uh, well, not to those who knew me. I've got a few random comments to make. Adele, that ridiculous oh, slap up funny was that when she turns around and they've got the camera on her and she goes fuck <laughs> <laughs> and just me and my friend are pissing ourselves laughing I, you know what I she has a great voice her, yeah. the style of music isn't isn't me it's not something I listen I fucking love that woman oh really she's yeah, just yeah, she's so, so fucking authentic yeah she's oh, so fucking awful here. I know I'm fucking doing a song with James Bond and no. oh, I just Fucking two weeks ago, I dropped and a baby out of me twice. <laughs> it's like, it, it actually, she reminds me of, of the movie Mozart, Amadeus, mm. with the concept of how, why did, when Salieri muses, why did God mm. put such a talent in his vulgar yeah. She's such a slapper. Yeah, oh, she's, she's yeah. awesome. Did you see the crowd shot of Angelica Houston? No. Did she fucking eat Angelica Houston? She looks like Jabba the Hutt. I didn't see it. Oh, oh my God. The Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell bit. When they, I thought that was it went on a little long, but I thought it was good. I I wished it was improvised. Mm. You could tell that they, I mean, they probably went okay. Well, I'm going to say something like this. Mm. Cool. Well, I'll say something like that. But yeah, it did go on just a touch. And Tommy Lee Jones was unimpressed. What the <laughs> fuck? I but then uh, I'm not surprised. Um, uh, I noticed the 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 reel they showed for Django was probably the cleanest, safest reel they could show. <laughs> Just a comment from my wife was Juliana Margulies, uh, Margulies, whatever mm. her name is, uh, was that her son or her husband? And if it was the latter, well fucking done. Because <laughs> um, apparently he's, he's a wee bit of the all right. And then I just had Sasha Baron Cohen with the poor taste. Mm. Yeah. But I, I was, the, I, that was the first Golden Globes in a long time that I went away actually uplifted. People mm. I wanted to win won, yep. and I really loved the fuck out of the hosts. Excellent. Tina Fey does it for me. Yeah. Well, she's... she's yeah. She's Tina Fey. Yeah. So, Oscars. Yes. Uh, which are coming up in a couple of weeks now. Yep. Got my day off already booked in. Yes, I'll do that. And uh, we are going to try, folks. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll preface this. This might not happen, so don't get your hopes up. I know I know people will cry and if it doesn't happen. There'll be a wailing and gnashing of teeth. We are going to try and broadcast live. Mm-hmm. We're going to live commentate the Oscars. Because we are Australian, and the majority of our listenership is Australian, and quite a few of them won't have pay TV, so they won't be watching it live, we are going to be live... If, if the broadcast happens, 
it's going to be to the free-to-wear broadcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll record it and put it up there later so you can track along with it. We just think it's actually going to be a bit of fun for us. Yeah. So just we're just trying something different as a as just a one-off as a as a very special episode. Yep. But and hopefully hopefully it won't be punctuated with like hours of silence, which we, we how I mean if they're going to try and, if the folks are going to try and sing along at home. I mean, do uh, do we do we Roy and HG it? Say turn turn the TV down, just listen to us. Well, I think people would be mad if they weren't. You've you've got it there. Why not use it? Exactly. Exactly. Right. The technology will exist. So, yeah, the Oscars coming up. Uh, we're, and we're going to do the same thing as we did with the Globes. We're going to look at the nominees. We're both going to pick. And I'm going to get them all wrong. Excellent. So, best screenplay based on material previously published. Because mm-hmm. in the Oscars there's two screenplays. Yeah. So, yeah. original and... Adapted. And adapted. So, adapted. We have Argo. Yeah. So, Chris Terrio for Argo. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Life of Pi. Lincoln. And the Silver Linings Playbook. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to dance with the girl I brought. And I'm going with Argo. Yep. Bringing um, Tony Mendez. Yeah. Couldn't... I mean, obviously, obviously John Goodman couldn't hear that the audience couldn't hear him mm. but I just really wanted him to reach over and just pull yeah. him closer that was, yeah that would have yeah. been nice uh, so screenplay you're going with Argo yeah I'm going to take Lincoln okay best original screenplay Amor Django Flight Moonrise Kingdom Zero Dark Thirty I, I'm going to back Django again yep I think he can do it if anyone can do it he can do yep. it I'm also Going with Django. The D is silent. The D is silent. The one that would be the surprise, the, the roughy in the pack, I think would be a more. Yeah, but yeah, it would be a surprise, but at the same time, not a surprise. No. So it'd be a surprise without being a surprise. It'd be a Clayton surprise. Clayton surprise. Yeah. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role Alan Arkin for Argo, Robert De Niro, Silver Linings Playbook, Philip Seymour Hoffman, The Master, Tommy Lee Jones, Lincoln. Christoph Waltz, Django. I don't think Django's going to get it. I would like to see... Um, I don't think Tommy's going to get it. Who is the... Who's Arkin? I'm, I'm Arkin. going for Arkin. Yeah, I would I think, seeing Arkin. Yeah, I think, I think Arkin had it. It'd be nice to think De Niro could do something good. Yeah, once. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got Silver Linings Playbook. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Apparently he is good for the first time in fucking however long. Yeah, righteous kill. Mm. Fucking hell. So, what are you going with, Arkin? Yeah, I'll go with Arkin. Supporting actress, Amy Adams for The Master, Sally Field for Lincoln, Anne Hathaway for Lady Rab, Helen Hunt for The Sessions, Jackie Weaver for The Silver Linings Playbook. Um, absolutely. You're, you're Hathaway? Hathaway all the way. All the way with Hathaway? Yeah. And I think well-deserved when she wins yep. it. I can't, can't really disagree. I think she's going to win. And It's not that I don't think it's deserved... But I'm on the fence. I'm going to I'm going to go with Helen Hunt. Okay. I picked her for the for the Globe. She yeah. didn't get it, so she owes me. <laughs> she let you down before. She's let me down before. She'll let you down again. Best performance by an actor in a leading role: Bradley Cooper, Silver Linings Playbook; Hugh Jackman for Les Misérables; 
Joaquin Phoenix for the Master, Denzel Washington Flight, Daniel Day-Lewis. For Lincoln, is there... I tell you what... You, you think Hugh could? I, you think I, Hugh's got the momentum? I think Hugh, Hugh could pull an upset. The the argument is is that well, if they won the globe, then but they, they both won the globe. Yeah, so that's the trick. I I think the the smart money is on Lincoln for for Daniel Day Lewis DDL. Mm-hmm. But who's who's ever so, so being smart? So you gonna vote with your heart? Go, vote with your heart. Vote with your head. Vote with my what heart. What are you doing? Voting with my heart. Hugh Jackman. All right. Directing. Now this is this is where the upset was. Yeah. No Zero Dark Thirty. No Zero Dark Thirty. And no Argo. And no Argo in directing, so And there's no way that they knew when they voted for Argo that, that it was gonna win. Know, yeah. yeah. But and they didn't know that it wasn't gonna be mm. nominated, so yeah. Um this is Spielberg's all the way. Yep, so you're taking Lincoln? Yep. Alright, well just for the for the listeners at home. Michael Hankey for a more. Ang Lee for Life of Pi, David O. Russell, Silver Linings Playbook, Spielberg for Lincoln, and Ben Zeiten for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah. I think Ang you're Lee... Going, you're, you're saying Lincoln? Lincoln, yeah. Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. I think Ang Lee could pull an upset. Yep. I don't think so, though. I think Spielberg. I think Spielberg's owed. Yeah. Uh, apart from the fact that this is probably a spectacular movie. Yeah, which we'll see owed. in fucking February. Yeah. I'm going with Michael Hankey. Okay. For more. Yeah. Well, the New York Critics' Choice Award winner. Yep. And then the nine nominees for Best Motion Picture of the Year. more. Argo, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, Zero Dark Thirty. Now, is this again going to be a case of the, the two winners? Is it going to be Argo fighting it out with Les Mis? I, no, I'm, I'm actually going to back Lincoln on this one. Yeah. I think it's going to take. It's going to take the one two. Yeah. I actually think the smart money is the one two three. Yep. Director, actor, movie. Yep. But as I said, I voted with my heart. But I think Lincoln's going to take it. Yeah. The buzz um, is too good. I'm going with Argo. Yeah. I hope you're right. Because. Because it was just fucking completely the complete oversight of director. Mm. But. I I genuinely hope you're right. I I mean and. Just as we all hoped that Affleck might have thanked, sung a thank you ad to Kevin Smith, mm. we secretly, secretly hope that Django Unchained gets it. Oh yeah, <laughs> which when you get to booked, yeah. seeing next week. I'm so try and see it on Monday if I can. We uh, so that will be one of the the reviews in our next episode. Yes, Hopefully absolutely. that and Zero Dark Thirty. I'm thinking. Yeah, on how we, we can. I tried to get tickets to see advanced screening, but they only mm-hmm. had front row. Yeah. No, fuck that. I want to see it yeah. properly. So it'd be nice if we can do Django and Zero yeah. Duck Thirty. Certainly, do my efforts. I've promised to take the kids to Hobbit, so I may not see. Take them to Zero Duck Thirty. <laughs> no, no, that's Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> that that waterboard, that waterboard scene. That's uh, that's Gandalf. He's getting information yes. out about Smile. Yeah. Um, I told you it was different from the book. Now stop crying. <laughs> Don't get some sop- Don't get me some popcorn. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be. But it'd be nice if we'd be able to swing swing both of them. Yeah. Good bananas. Okay. And that's us. So that's us for episode sixteen. Yeah. We're just at sixteen. We're just we're getting good at this. Them. Well, apparently seven times in the, the double digits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want to catch up with us on Twitter, I'm ACOP Woody. The D is silent. ACOP Nate. You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
email us at uh, pricks at a couple pricks.com. Or if you want to complain to Woody for stealing my joke, <laughs> go fuck yourself at a couple of pricks.com. Uh, or, also check us out, follow us on Facebook, ACOP Podcast on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, that's us. That's us. So for another another wonderful week, I'm Nate. I'm Woody. We're a couple of pricks. The Chinese have a saying. Dangerous men will meet in narrow streets. And so it was. War raged between the clans. And that meant pressure on me to make more weapons. And as word of the gold shipment spread, strangers suddenly appeared in jungle village. Ayo, machete still stainless. The Archbishop run from the knocks. A crisp biscuit plus play the hawk. Risk, listen. Goon captain, catch me in Africa. Black down with four, five Somalians. Black Thames, rubber soup. Wonder Woman bangles a blue coupe. I'm usually up on the roof counting mad loot. Root beer, reefer, T-frame. Doing my one-two. Smoking with a plain Jane trooper. Excellent with rifles. Out in Japan, in the flight goose. Switchblade that broke out the night boots. Flustered on the bullet train with chains on. Getting my train on. Thunder money Make bread, brainstorm, all this is made for the Forbes list Boys get pissed, say yo he fucked me out his drawers, he dissed me All this is calculated, the Batman of the black hand Mafia money killers who rocks hand Bone, crushing, smooth, kicks, blades, chopping, crude, bricks Master of the weaponry, sells to both clicks Bone, crushing, smooth